Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. And now, Three Witches and a Druid Podcast presents music by Lone Wolf. Serve me for twenty years. I hit melt, 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 I did learn a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Magic and witchcraft tattooed tears. Time to die, so I can't 
so I can't change. Cut change, man. Cut change, man. Cut change. No more will I follow the magical others. All that I need is wealth, green mother. Sticks and stones, so I can hear. Death of my wake this Celtic New Year. Sour kill off my wake In the change of dying, time to die so I can change. Welcome back, everyone, to Three Witches and a Druid, where we sit around. Tonight, we are enjoying some Persephone's Descent from the Magical Book of Cocktails. This evening, we are going to talk about ancestors in part two of our three-part series. I'm Margo. And I'm Maeve. Gwen. And Brian. So... Yeah, tonight is, like you said, part of the three-part series. We discussed nature spirits in the previous episode, and now we're just we moved on to ancestors. So where this comes from, and then you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, in Druidry there is the three main parts, the nature spirits, ancestors, and shining ones, gods and goddesses. So yeah, I thought we'd just talk about what our interpretations of those are, and uh, yeah. So... Uh, maybe you can start, Brian, bring us the Druid perspective. My understanding is ancestors have like some divisions in Druidry, ancestors of land. So this is mostly from Drum, the Archdruid of ADS. This is the idea I follow. There is division in the sense that there are what we call ancestors of family. In the past, we would call the ancestors of blood, but we kind of realized that family was more than blood. It could be close friends, in all honesty. For us, a lot of the people we consider family are of blood. They're, they're family, so it's now referred to as family. Ancestors of family. And those are people that are close to you personally, be it friends, family, individuals, etc. And then there is what we call ancestors of the bone. 
which are ancestors of the land that you're currently residing. Be it people who came before you, be it different cultures that may have come before you, maybe it's a farmer who took work the land before you, like you know. And then finally, there's ancestors of the heart. The ancestors of the heart are the individuals who inspired you to do what it is you do, be it someone you look up to, the hero in a story, that sort of thing. So those are the three divisions of ancestors in our uh, in our belief system. I must say, I'm not surprised, but very interesting that you have that many levels of ancestors. To me, and maybe I'm simple this way, it's just my ancestors were just people in my family who came before me. I never looked at it in that many ways. It's very interesting. Yeah. Usually I think of, you know, my grandparents are no longer with, you know, with me and them and their parents and how it all and the influences that came down the line and how they lived their lives and how it has affects me now. And, yeah. and, and I think it's very interesting too. And it's something that I, I think I'll be talking about on, on the Witching Hour on Friday evening. Pardon me, I will have been talking about the Witching Hour is that there's also ancestors that maybe were not so positive. Yes. You know what I mean? Maybe you had a grandparent or a great whatever who was not a nice person. Yeah. And one of your parents or the, you know, the result of that, and it got passed on to you as well. So when thinking about your ancestors, not only can it be, oh, what they helped for me, what they helped you to do, but how they showed you what mistakes not to make again. Right. That's one of the great things about ancestors that you hold all the power. Mm-hmm. If someone from your past, an ancestor from your past, was a terrible individual, you can forget them. Mm-hmm. And then they yeah. But you, as an individual, hold that to yourself. It's almost a good, I, there's a bit of a saying, like, act like the ancestor you want to be. Like, well, that's very interesting. Yeah, you want people to remember you and be a good person. And they'll remember you. Well, when you talk about the remembering thing, and this is not too off topic, but maybe a tiny bit. I was on Facebook. I was on Abandoned Cemeteries of Nova Scotia page. Which is an excellent group. It <laughs> is, but I had to unfollow. It depressed me. It upset me because here they are in these little family cemeteries or little where there used to be little communities. They're in the woods, the graveyard, you know, and I think it's great that they're doing, but here's people who've been dead. 100 years or more, 150, whatever, long time. Nobody remembers who they are. I look at that and Facebook group as, oh, now we remember. Yes, there, there is that, but I would look at, they were showing this, the gravestones and the names. I'm like, who are you? Obviously, no one's visited your grave in 50 years. It depressed me. I don't know. <laughs> I had to give it up. You know, I, I had to give up. I know this sounds kind of kooky. Oh, no, if I, I if I could get a car pool, I would Yes. Well, we did that when we went up to Cape Breton to go visit Linda that time. Yes, we went to a number of old cemeteries. Yes. Yes. I know a bunch of witches go to visit a witch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Cemetery uh, yeah. All pile into the van with your purple wigs on and, uh, and go cemetery hunting. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's happened. It happened uh, once this summer. My, my friend uh, my friend and I were, were out hiking and it's like, what the heck's back there? And it was just a few little stones, kind of. And I'm like, God, it just, it made me sad. Yes. Because stop and think, if I am fortunate enough to live to have grandchildren, once my grandchildren are gone, no one will remember that. 
Yeah. I know that sounds interesting and oh, narcissistic, maybe. I was going to say, don't worry. No one's going to forget. And I know it, it's a very interesting thing to me. And I think I started, they were giving me my life expectancy at this when I wasn't getting it fixed. And I wouldn't have lived to see my kid turn 20. And my kid is turning 20 in March. And yeah. it really put it in my head. It's like, I could be gone two years. So, like that. And, and, you know, who remembers you? And I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's no, it's, no it's, it's, that's a big issue. Like when my mom passed away, it shocked everyone in the family. And I personally went through what I, I described as existential dread. It was a lot of focus on my own mortality and my own mm-hmm. life. Like, what are people going to think about me when I die? Are people going to shock my funeral? Or, <laughs> it, it's just constant. And then sadly, my dad passed away shortly after. It kicked me out of it. It was mm. just that weird, uncertain time in my life where I didn't know what to what to do or think about. And then my dad's death came along, and it was just the kick in the butt I needed to be like, "No, you still got lots of work to go." Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Now, the ancestor bone, did you say? Like yeah. The, yeah. So that's the individual of wherever you were residing at the time, who lived there. Before. Oh. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. The apartment I'm in was once occupied by somebody who is not <laughs> held very fondly in my heart. Yes. So uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's really funny. But well, well, that's interesting because my house is the first one that's ever been where my house is located. Yeah. They cleared out forests, sadly, to do it. And so, to me, I don't really have that. And well, he, somebody would have occupied that land. That land, yes, yes, yes. yes. may have been hunting territory. It may have been farming territory. But to me, I suppose I look, I concentrate more on the nature spirits that are around my house more than that. Then, I, I yeah. never gave it that thought. And even the house that I spent most of my childhood in, you know, we moved in there when I'm like nine or whatever. And we were the first people to live in it too. So it was never lived here before. Right. It's the nature spirits of this area that more would be, would have been more of a focus. Right. I would say there was ongoing reverence for ancestors. Not that, not that there was an altar per se, but there was lots of family photos from generations gone by as well as current family. And we knew the stories, and I know that this is true in your house too, Maeve, that we grew up knowing the stories of ancestors that we never met. If they had if they had a quirky personality, if they which they said, <laughs> I'm here, they had a quirky yeah. personality. So we knew who was funny and who was crabby and we knew we knew their idiosyncrasies and they were shared and kept alive whenever whenever family got together, whenever something might happen that might trigger a memory, they'd be like, well, your great uncle so-and-so used to do that exact same thing. Or when the fire went out, because I grew up to um, hippie adjacent parents. Every time I think about birdseed cookies. Bird, yes, I, I grew up eating birdseed cookies because, you know, there couldn't be, any, be real white flour in the house or anything and not made with sugar, gosh forbid. Yeah. But anyway, so when the, we had wood heat and we had this log cabins farm Oops. that we Oops. that we grew up in and when the stove went out or sometimes you know it can go out 
or it can be super hot. If you've ever had wood heat, sometimes you're just, it's 40 below outside and you are blasting heat <laughs> inside. And, and so, you know, we have these stories of our pioneering ancestors that were overly dramatic who knew? Mm-hmm. Overly dramatic. And, you know, where my great-grandfather would come in and sit in the parlor with the parlor stove on on Sunday afternoon. And he would complain so much, but it was all silent because that was, you know, maybe a higher form. So he would be wearing a, in the parlor with the stove on, he would be wearing his gloves and his jacket and his hat and his scarf wrapped around and he'd be huddled and shaking. And so my great uncle would come in, sit beside him and take off his suit jacket after church and undo the tie and open up and fan himself and (laughs) gasp. And they would have this silent back and forth about the temperature in the room. And yeah, overly dramatic. But those are the kind of stories of family that get passed along um, in an ongoing way. And knowing that we were going to have this conversation tonight, I was chatting with my brother, who does maintain, who I don't think would, uh, he listens, he can correct. He can write in and correct me. I don't think he would identify himself as neo-pagan per se, but he does maintain an ancestor altar. And he has a weekly time that he sits with, you know, water and or coffee and a tobacco and, and that sort of offering and a meditation with our grandparents and, and now Dave. So it has resurfaced and been passed on. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we're always adding to that famous store of, mm-hmm. of, of stories. I was once in a women's group where we sat around and identified ourselves by our lineage. So I would say I am Gwen, daughter of Joyce, daughter of Violet, daughter of Mary Alice, daughter of Josephine. And then... I ran out and I was like, oh my goodness, here I am in this enlightened group. I was the youngest one there. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? That, that, that doesn't happen anymore in the room. But I was the youngest one there. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm wondering how I'm going to stack up. Those women did not know their grandmother's name. They knew their mother's first name. They didn't know their grandmother's first name. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Isn't that funny? Well, well, that's kind of, I mean, I'm not quite that bad, but listening to you, talk about this I'm like it's not jealousy but like that's amazing to me because I don't have that at all it's, it's you don't easy. have any family lineage that you're aware of um no I don't have the connection to my right. family lineage and I think part of that is because <clears throat> after my father and my sister and my maternal grandmother died we did not have like this was in the early 70s so there wasn't any support there wasn't any help there wasn't any guidance on how to process that or get through it so we kind of didn't talk about it um, my mom did admit a couple of years ago that she realized that she did my brother and I a disservice by trying to protect us by not talking about I mean, I remember like 20 years ago realizing the only memory I have of my father is from photographs and movies now. I don't have a memory of his face yeah. anymore. I do my sister and I do my grandmother, which is odd right. because 
I was daddy's girl, but I don't have that memory. So I don't, don't have like these family stories that go back generations because we were trying to protect each other, I think. So I don't have that connection with lineage. Right. I mean, granted, I do know my grandmother's names. My paternal grandmother, whose name is Beryl, which is a stone, which is a gemstone. But uh, it is. I've heard that name before. Yes. But, and she has a sister, Ruby. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I can't remember the other one. But I thought her name was Pearl for the longest uh-huh. time as a kid. I didn't realize that you had to work in a metaphysical store yes. and sell crystals <laughs> to learn well, no, I girls. I was. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I think my brother probably has more connection to ancestors and family and those stories than I do. I think, again, I was so much in survival mode that it's not something I took the time to connect with. And whether or not that also has affected how, like as you were saying, Brian, you know, you're wondering how people are going to think about you when you're gone. That is not a thought in my head. Yeah. I guess because I grew up kind of with the idea that when you're gone you're gone it never occurred to me that you would leave a legacy or a lineage or anything so that's sort of something new i'm learning about right again with Maeve earlier asking gwen about talking about dave thinking that that is definitely a way to keep your ancestors alive for sure yep i'm really spoiled in the sense that my both my mother and an aunt were very into doing all the research. Right. So I, yeah. I I don't know it off the top of my head, but yeah. I have binders at home. And I can tell you my ninth grandmother back. So yeah. Oh, um, wow. But I guess it also sort of depends on how you view it. To me, losing someone or having an ancestor is no different than them going to another room. They've just mm-hmm. stepped over there and I'll catch up to them eventually, sort of thing. And I think with, in a sense, uh, like today, 2021, we have access to so many resources now where my mother and aunt had to go back down to the archives and go yeah. through microfiche. Hey, just looking up an answer. No, we actually on. tried to do that a couple summers ago when we were down in the Yarmouth area. We went to a, a heritage where they keep all the records. Yeah. 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 Anyway, to see if they had anything about my father. And they didn't. I, I was quite shocked yeah. that they didn't. Well, I'm going to join in. Because a couple of years back, I decided that I was going to, everyone is very interested in surnames and whatnot, and they follow their, their surname line. Yeah. But I said, you know, the most reliable line is the female line, because yep. you always know the mother is 99% of the time, unless there's someone's <laughs> adopted. The father can be questionable. As Ancestry.com <laughs> and 21, what is it? 23 and me, and all that sort of thing is proving. But I would never ever consider it. He's my father. father. Yes. I mean, the person who biologically contributed to the creation of you is not the person that you've grown up with your whole life. That's very interesting. But I'm going to tell you here, and this is just something you might want to know. I decided to go through my female lines. 
And inside of an evening, an evening of just going online, and I mean, punching in their names, and it says who their father and mother was, and then you punch in their name, and who was their mother. In an evening, I had three lines done. It's not as hard as you think. Yeah. You know, I suppose I had it in my head. It would be so daunting, but because, you know, you used to have to go to the archives. Yeah. And this. But now, one of my lines I have not traced yet because that's my British grandmother's line. And I have to, you know, speak to, because I'm not completely sure of my great-grandmother's last name. I knew her married last name, but I can't. One person saying it was this and one person saying that. Yeah. So I'm not sure what her, because she had two husbands. Was that her first husband's name? Was that her maiden name? gonna have to get a try to write to a cousin in england i got two of them right back to europe and one i lost track of i couldn't find anything it was my great grandmother's grandmother or something like that and there was there was just her first name susan there was no parents there was no this there was no when she was born and there was there's always been talk about it was native in that branch of the family and i think that's who i found her because there was no record they had a record of when she got married but they had no record of where she came from. So at that point, I switched over to the male one. But uh, it's it's really much easier than you think. It is. It truly is. You find old obituaries, daughter of, and then look it up, yeah. daughter of, and it really, straight back to Europe in the first part of the 1700s, like, you know, the first half of the 1700s, I got right back to Europe. But don't be surprised when you run into hiccup. Like, mm-hmm. maybe they change. Maybe they are not who <laughs> yeah. they told or not. And that, a lot of that happened war yeah 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 that is very interesting i discovered through my father's family that the name is that uh my name is that my last name has had three incarnations mm-hmm. they came here and their name was one thing they changed it up a little bit anglicized it a bit and then come world war one they changed it again because it was too german sound yeah. and my grandfather was one of those his birth certificate said one last name it's tombstone said one of my family lines is it's younger but in germany Junker, and they changed them. I do remember hearing when I was a teenager that our surname was originally Scottish. It but sounds the, it, too. but the French couldn't pronounce it, so it got bastardized into the French name that it is now. Right. So the entire Canadian heritage. No, (laughs) it truly is. And it was so interesting when I was doing this because I was speaking to my aunt, my father's sister, and I was talking about, you know, her two grandmothers. And I I said, and this one, and the things you find out, it's like who married what? And, you know, some wife would die, and the man would marry a woman 20 years younger. And there was this one where she was married to one brother, and then he died, but then she married the other brother, and then the second husband was like 13 years younger than her. And this, I'm talking to my aunt. She says, I remember her. <laughs> she said she she was old, but she'd come in. She said he was trailing behind her. Like she was the queen. <laughs> and she was so, dis- you know, always her head up and so distinguished and on and on. And she said, I remember her. And she says, you know, I was very young, you know, very young. But she says, I do remember her. She walked in. When you are looking to channel some self-confidence yeah that is that is the ancestor that you that you speak to and ask for some help if you if you that's true that's whatever question but uh, for sheer gumption that's my maternal grandmother one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Who was a British war bride and came from living in London to down Martin's Point, which is where Oak Island is, with no electricity yeah. and no indoor plumbing. It's like one of those... You know, one of these stories you see the <laughs> in a culture shock that a lot of British war brides Ooh. had when they came to rural Canada yeah. was because shock. Britain hadn't been that rural for centuries. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, and they also women had far more rights in England than they had here. Like here, they you know I I, I went to one or two war bride meetings with my grandmother. Stories. You know, like I had to get my husband permission that drive a car and get a license here. She was mortified. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, why do I have my license since I was, you know, 14 years old or something like that? Just very, very interesting. But no, it is true. It's, it's interesting to think about it. And, and sometimes even when you're in the cemetery, I say, I went to visit my grandparents this summer in the cemetery down in Blue Rocks. And then you see the other names and everything. And you think, that person has had a life just as old as yours. With just as many things happen, just as many joys and sorrows and this and that, and there they are. And of course, that got me thinking about those abandoned, seven, those abandoned. <laughs> yeah. So something that comes that the the idea of the abandoned, the fact that sort of a modern witchcraft sort of experience, the fact that somebody takes those pictures and posts them on Facebook or we're specifically speaking of Facebook groups, and then they are literally seen, viewed, and witnessed by so many hundreds, people, hundreds possibly people. thousands at times. It's true. Of people. There has to be some power in that as well. I'm going to start thinking about it that way. I mean, I'll go back on that. I, I, I witness, I see you. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. That, that fellow also, uh, who does that also... Um, Abandoned roads mm-hmm. uh, and abandoned communities, abandoned roads and communities in Nova Scotia. You get and go hiking and find these. You'd be surprised where there used to be the communities and roads are abandoned. Yeah, it's very very interesting. But like, it's you've seen the movie Coco. Oh, I love yeah, yeah, Coco. Yeah, it's it's the Mexican festival of the dead. Oh, it's all about the ancestors on their side. They only they only survive if people remember them, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's very very interesting. One of the things that I was thinking about was um, you you brought it up about ancestors that maybe you're not so proud of. Maybe maybe you don't know your ancestors, you do a little research and you realize that that there were some issues that they were that they, you know, had franchises of families and abandoned their families or they had whatever whatever the situation, you know, do you recognize that? Do you try and do you is it very far back where you don't think it affects 
you now or is it within a few generations and maybe some of the trauma inflicted by an abusive family member is still being felt and even if ancestor um, veneration or reverence isn't maybe if that isn't something you can do you can still work towards maybe healing the wounds of trauma because there is examples of things where we aren't party to the original trauma Mm -hmm. we aren't we don't even know somebody we are not even aware of the person that suffered the original trauma we don't have a personal Mm -hmm. relationship with the ancestor and we are still having epigenetically, you know, it, it's in your body. Yeah. It's changed your body chemistry. And now, although your DNA isn't changed, whether or not those genes are turned on or off because mm-hmm. your chemistry has changed, it's an interesting thing. And, and there is work being done on healing those wounds with the thought of paying that forward. So when you were saying, Brian, be the ancestor you, you, w- you wish you had or something. Yeah. We may not be able to pay back for good or for ill the ancestors in our past, but we can maybe pay it forward. So there's different ways of dealing with ancestors. There, there is, and I'm very interested to say this. I was having this conversation just well, sometime within the last year. COVID is, since COVID started, everything's a blur about this and, and the, the, the wound in your ancestral line. And someone was saying, if anyone out there is familiar with the whole Ho'oponopono, mm-hmm. people were, we were talking about how some people had done the whole Ho'oponopono in that line, in their ancestor line, because that helped with the healing. And and you can also look at that also, even um, things that are carried over from previous lives yourself. Yes. That, that kind of idea. But I know that my daughter has one grandparent in particular, not a nice person, and when we've set up the old ancestor altar at home and you know she's now old enough she realizes she didn't know when she was young she knows now that they were not necessarily a nice person and I just and I mean he had his reasons you know what I mean and I found out much later from a sister of his why he was such a horrible person which shocked me badly but uh, I'm like I hope you have a better time in your next life I wish you I wish you well in your next life because there's nothing I can do about now there's nothing I can do about what it did to their son and I am working, I am thinking of this and I'm in the same situation kind of that you are made in the sense that this is my partner's ancestry, yes. but is my child, my children that will, that have those chemical mm-hmm. traces now. Both of my husband's parents were abused and abusive. My husband's siblings, all but one, and he has six that we are aware of are either dead or or dying and he was the oldest in 60 when he passed so these are people that have internalized this abuse and it even though they transcended it all of them wonderfully have transcended that the abuse that they suffered as children and the foster homes and and that sort of thing and and made sure that they didn't make those you know, the, the conscious things, they did not repeat those patterns with their own children, but they they all bear in their genetics, they all bear the cost of that. And then they've all had children. And in my children's generation, they have already, one child has passed away from heart issues. 
I don't think that's a stretch to say that the, what he suffered came from that lineage of being a child of an abuse survivor, mm-hmm. of somebody with PTSD, and and I think of my own children, and I worry for their longevity. I was reading how there was work, looking back, historically looking at records done with American Civil War prisoner of war survivors, and the children that they had born prior to the war had a level of mortality. The children that were conceived or born after the war, their mortality rate shot way up. Wow. It was that visible within that. Wow. So so there are certain things, and, and then they've done that with Holocaust survivors. There's lots of examples of scientific studies with animals. We're such complex creatures, it's a lot harder to prove in the human being. We have environment, we have parenting and and all those sorts of issues. So is it nurture, is it nature? But um, there seems to be a lot of anecdotal evidence that supports the animal hmm. studies. Isn't that interesting? What an interesting thought. On the other hand, though, you also have longevity in your in my in, in my in, side. In yes. your side, you have you incredible know, longevity. I think your grandma yeah. was a pretty old lady when she was. 104, and her mother was in her 100th year, and her mother was 107, I think. Yeah. Oh. My great-great-grandmother was, I think, 107. So there's some yeah. wicked genes there. Yeah, some wicked <laughs> genetics in my maternal line, let me tell you. Yeah, so you just never know what you're going to get, right? You it just is. never know it's, what you're going to get. It's going to be yeah. so interesting. But, but if you recognize the power of your ancestors and you incorporate that in your daily living, then possibly you can bring that forward for the next generation. You can always be working to improve for the next generation. If trauma has physical ramifications in the physiology of the person suffering the trauma and their children, then also the good things, the joy, the love, yes. will have that those same effects. And you have to... Um, well, is that Think something that your children would be aware of? I don't know what they would be prepared to do, but, you know, if they're aware of that sort of thing, it's something they could work on being, mm-hmm. you know, kind of idea. So, isn't that super interesting? So, with Samhain approaching, uh, at this time of this recording, Samhain is still a week ahead of us, do you guys feel a deeper connection as the holiday approaches? Yes and no. I'm going to say no because... I'm very involved with my my grandf- my one grandfather's with me all the time. My other grandfather's with my sister all the time. My uh, my maternal grandmother when, <laughs> when 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 the boot and the butt needs to be done, she she shows up. <laughs> uh, my other grandmother when don't get me wrong, she was a lady, but she was also very very tough. She was we used to call her the war horse because I mean but she had to be coming where she did, but but never a foul word out of her mouth or anything. She was very strong. My other grandmother was uh, was a much much more gentle kind of person. But I'm very active with them now. Now I can look back at people I barely knew. I do remember two of my great grandparents, but they were gone in my early teens and whatnot. So I, I find for my the ones that I knew, not so much because they're with me now. But the ones that I didn't, that's the ones that I didn't really know that I would think about. 
more at this time and at this time, yeah. yes, because the others are quite often. And, and, uh, and you know, even my mother and my grandfather. Not as, as much so as she was. No, no, and I know, and for it, all of you listening out there, uh, with the help of a friend of mine who was a wonderful medium, my mother-in-law and I had a good conversation. Oh, because I I had animosity towards my mother-in-law for a long time, and now I've gotten that. I hope we have a better better life next time. I hope because I had I had quite a bit of grievance with her. She's not around as much, but she was always around because of, you know, her granddaughter. And that's fine. And I made it clear to her, you can be here. I got nothing really to say to you, but you can be here for, you know, your granddaughter. That's fine. She's getting very, very persistent. And I finally had to tell my daughter to tell her father, look, you tell your dad his mother wants to talk to him. She's driving me crazy. Please sit back. Whatever you got to do to get her to come through. And believe it or not, she went to him. And he actually told me about it. And she's, whatever, moving on. But anyway, I'm sorry, there we go. Tangent, we get off on the tangent. You know, that's it. Interesting. But no, it's the people farther back. You think about how they lived and what they did. Not so much the ones closest to me. Because I, I, I'm very happy with my life. I like the idea of the ancestor feast. Yes. And leaving out their favorite food for them. Oh, those are fun when you make your, your grandparent your grandparents' favorite food. Yeah. And my you know, my sister's was a she was allergic to chocolate, but she loved arrow bars. So yeah. <laughs> it's fun. we have a slight difference on it. Like we we're doing that on Saturday. Yeah. But we eat the food. We've had ancestors' feasts where we do eat the food yeah. as well. I remember after my maternal grandmother died. That salad, I brought Kentucky Fried Chicken because that was her favorite. Because it meant she didn't have to cook. Yeah. And everybody enjoyed it, and I just mm-hmm. drooled. Yes. <laughs> but wasn't there one? I remember you showing up with a glass of red wine and a cigarette. One of your grandparents, her favorite thing oh, no, was, was red wine and a cigarette? No, it um, was uh, Ryan Coke and a cigarette. Ryan Coke and a cigarette. Okay. Yeah, so like yeah. Saturday, I'm bringing a big pot of mashed potatoes for my grandfather. Yeah. And then Karen's bringing a plethora of Mars bars from that. Yeah. My dad was apple pie with cheddar cheese. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I have been, yes, where, where it is shared amongst the people that are attending, but also there is an ancestor's plate yes. where a little mm-hmm. bit is put yeah. for yes. everybody. Yeah. yeah. Now, I maintain an ancestor's altar all the time, but I don't have the weekly observance of anything. Does anybody else have a regular observance of a... Not on a weekly set. We, we have an, an ancestor altar in our home. That's our main altar. I'm a follower of the Morrigan. So there's there's a lot of focus in our monthly practice on death and moving on the ancestors already. But yeah, no, there's no like weekly yeah. ritual. We often will light, we have a candle on our altar that gets lit on people who was on the altar their birthday or day of their past even. That's the, nice. ca- the candle gets burnt out and it gets replaced yeah. for the next individual who's coming up to it. Right. It's interesting because for my sister I always bought flowers. Which I have no idea why, where that came from. Yeah, on her birthday. Right. I always bought flowers for her on her birthday. And yeah, 
good looking. That's <laughs> just isn't that nifty? Wild. That could be her garden. I, it, I would not be surprised. Now look, I'm gonna burst into tears again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's Alan. I recently read um I think it's an older blog post by John Beckett who is a who is a druid. ADF or old I think he's both. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was mentioning one thing about ancestors is that one of the advantages of creating a relationship and maintaining a relationship with your ancestors is that when you come to d- difficult times in your life, you can go to the gods, but the gods can be busy. The gods can be distracted. The gods can be elsewhere, but your ancestors... They're they're your ancestors, and they're they're invested in things going well for you. Yeah. So to create a relationship, and then to ask them what you might have taken to deity before, um, you're more likely to get a positive response and to feel that that help. I'm going to use that. I'm going to totally plagiarize you on Friday. Don't do that. The wishing oh, hour. Do not be worry about plagiarizing. No. I'm quoting somebody else myself. No, so I'm absolutely going to bring that up. Yes, for anyone who hasn't thought about it, I'm absolutely. And I also recently, you know, someone I never gave much thought to was my grandmother's father. He died when she was 15, and I have recently discovered that. When my child would be yammering on to herself in the crib at night, it, she was talking to him, apparently. And he was, I mean, I gave him thought, yeah, this my man's father, but it wasn't someone I was tight connected to. Right. Very interesting. I brought it up before the Atticus going yeah. on adventures with his grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Oh, yeah. They went on all sorts of adventures. They went seal checking and Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Keeping them occupied so you yeah. get a few minutes apiece. Yeah, exactly. I'm not okay. That's right. <laughs> That's for sure. They also say that statistically, the right around Salon is the highest time, but the, the year when there's the most amount of deaths. Yeah. Statistically, and I think that's because the veil must be very thin, and people who just haven't been, you know, haven't been able to go. They can just go more easily. And go or they get called on. Or they, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they answer the call. They hear the yeah. call. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Very good. Yeah, it's a very interesting time. I'm not ready to die quite yet. No. <laughs> no, me either. Not going right now. Which, uh, no, surprises that. I recently have been, been very much, you know, you're talking about, you know, this and that, uh, you know. Your, your, your own mortality. And I recently sort of come to a conclusion, and I, I could be full of total bullpucky, but um, I, I don't know if there's going to be any in between for me. I figure within 10 years, my heart's either going to give up or I'm going to live to 97. I don't think there's going to be any, any in between for me. I don't know why I'm thinking that. It's very, very strange. But I think that just the weird thing. There we go. Now we're so, so well, I thought you, I thought you more so meant on the other end. It's like, nope. You're, I, I want to go back. Turn around, come right Send back, back here. I want to be a snail or something. You're going to hang out in the summer land for a while? You're going to... I don't know what I'm going to do. Depends on whether I'm going to be punished or not. <laughs> <laughs> when I get there, it's like, it's like, oh, do I get to rest here? No, we're not happy with you. Get back there. <laughs> go back there until you've done it right. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I really do. I know that sounds crazy, but it's like, I'm going to be dead by 65 right in the middle of the night, seven. Well, yeah. I'm back in 30 years. So there you we'll go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll have a reunion episode. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, Brian, about your comment about for your ancestors, it's like they're in the next room. Yeah. And that's that's a lovely way to think about it. For, for people who have recent losses, it's more about your selfishness. You, they oh, may yeah. be quite happy, but, I, you know, I'm yeah. going to miss them. Yeah. Um, I, but Maeve, um, when you said they're just in the next room, it reminds me that Maeve um, said one of the most comforting things about Dave, and she said he'll be, I think of him, that he is in the Summerland getting the festival grounds ready for the rest of us. Yeah. And, and uh, I thought, yeah, he needs a job and he wants to be useful and he <laughs> wants to be getting things ready so that we can all, because he loves his big party, right? That's so right. when I visualize him it's not the next room it's not whatever that's where he's he is getting set up <laughs> he's getting set up so the rest of us can follow yeah. right. we're all going to have one big last festival and then on our way after that we'll yeah. all be we'll all be waiting for each other yeah now i'm gonna cry i'm so glad you people out there in podcast land can't see all the oh, all the red eyes here we have <laughs> so on that fun note, <laughs> thank you all for tuning in. Certainly, if you have any questions or comments, uh, certainly you can contact us through our Facebook page. You know, we, we certainly are criticisms politely. Politely, and we'd like to thank our Patreons who are giving coffee to our magnificent editor who does a wonderful job for us. Three Witches and a Druid Podcast would like to take a moment to thank our amazing Patreon supporters. Today, we shout out to Danny, Tania, Sarah, Lore, Kay, Linda, and Jennifer. Without your generous support and contributions, we couldn't bring you this magical content, and we thank you for listening. We also have an Instagram account now. Oh, good get what the <laughs> Well, guess what? Brian's going to be taking care of that because I don't even know how to turn Instagram. This is Instagram.com slash Three Witches and Druid, and you'll find all sorts of information there about us. Get out. Really? Yeah, really. <laughs> Mario found it. Yeah. Oh, see, I just didn't do that at all. No. I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So until next time, everybody, merry meet. Merry Hearts and Merry Meet Again. Blessed be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.